This is a special episode of the Ideas Lab podcast. No guests this time. I want to talk about what it's like to be somebody with lots of ideas and lots of interests. There's a particular personality type that is sometimes referred to as a scanner or a Renaissance man or woman, possibly a polymath. And lots of entrepreneurs are of this type, but it does bring its issues. So here are some questions for you. Do you have lots of varied interests that don't group together very neatly? Do you have more ideas than you can possibly execute in one lifetime? Do you find that you love learning the gist of something, getting just into a topic, and then as soon as you've got a feel for it, you move on to something completely different? Do you find the idea of a one-track conventional career absolutely horrifying because it will bore you to death? And do you find that you're better at starting things and actually not so great at finishing things? If so, then you could well be a scanner, possibly a Renaissance man or woman, depending on which term you prefer for it. And it's actually quite a common personality type amongst entrepreneurs. But some scanners do well in entrepreneurship and some don't. So I want to talk about why that is and what you can do about it. And I want to invite you at the end to a free online training I'm running soon, which is all about how to start a business that's successful as a scanner. So I ran an event called Scanners Night back uh, starting somewhere around 2006 or seven, I believe it was, ran for six years in total. And we would have speakers and discussion topics around what it's like to be a scanner, somebody with lots of ideas and lots of interests. Because while some people are happy to go really deep into a topic and stay there, some of us prefer breadth. And we like learning and learning and learning new things. We like understanding the ideas behind ideas. We like to understand the meta ideas behind things. And I ran this event. It became very successful. It was featured in the press and in daily newspapers and uh, in a couple of magazines. And I also talked about scanners in my book, Screw Work, Let's Play. Now, what is a scanner really in psychological terms? Well, I don't know if there's any research on this, but there is some good research around the big five, the personality typing system, which is actually the only one that has some real research backing it up. And the big five personality trait system, also sometimes known as OCEAN, O-C-E-A-N, is a good model for thinking about personality in general. I'll explain what the terms actually mean. It's an acronym, OCEAN. O stands for openness. And this is the key thing for scanners. It's your openness to new ideas and new experiences. You may be high on that scale or you may be low. The next element is C for conscientiousness. That's the ability to follow through, to do what you said you were going to do, when you said you were going to do it, keep things tidy and keep things under control. The third element is E, which is extroversion, which is how much you're drawn towards things outside of yourself and drawn towards goals as well. It's got a slightly different meaning in the big five to how we normally think of extroversion. The fourth element is A for agreeableness. And agreeableness is about how much you like to smooth things over, keep everybody happy if you're high on the agreeableness scale. And if you're low, you're happy to be quite controversial uh, to not sugarcoat things you're saying to people. And sometimes it can get to the point where it's a little bit abrasive. And then the N, the final element of the ocean or big five system, 
is neuroticism. And we all kind of know what a neuroticism means. If you're high on that scale, then you will often present with a very variable mood. You might have problems of anxiety or depression. So how does this help us as a scanner? I think what it tells us is that scanners, Renaissance, men, women, however you want to describe it, are very high on that first element of O, which is openness. So we are very open to new ideas. We see the connections between things. We're very quick to take on new topics and new understandings. Now, the problem with that is that if it's not paired with a high level of conscientiousness, that's that second element, then what can happen is you have all these ideas, you love learning, but you don't finish things, you don't deliver on time, and that's actually makes it very difficult to be successful. So I think if you want to be a successful entrepreneur or even a successful creative person, it's probably quite helpful to have a high openness. You'll find that most artists are in that category. And yet uh, have a decent or high conscientiousness as well. It's when people have a very high openness and a very low conscientiousness, they get into trouble. And what happens is you find some scanners who just seem to flounder They never get through, they never break through and create a business they enjoy or create uh, an artistic project that they enjoy. They just dabble endlessly. There's something about that that's very unrewarding. The problem is if you don't finish things, if you don't ship things out to the world, I said in my books that the creative act is incomplete without an audience. If you don't share what you're creating with the world, whether that's something that you're going to sell to people or you're going to perform or you're going to publish, if you don't ever do that, then life can lack meaning because you're not actually interacting with your market, with the audience, with the people you want to help or the people you want to impact. You're actually just lost in your own world. And I think ultimately you can find that life loses meaning. So it's not just about earning money. It's about interacting with the world and having an impact and finding meaning uh, out in the external environment. So there are pluses and minuses to being a scanner as an entrepreneur. And one of the one of the big pluses is you learn really quickly. And entrepreneurship is all about learning. There's such a huge number of things you need to learn, particularly at the beginning when often it's just you on your own or it's a small number of people. Maybe it's you and one other person and you have to take on everything. So being able to learn quickly is really helpful. Also, we're naturally innovative and creative. We can see the read across because of that high openness. We can understand people very quickly. We can understand different points of view. And that makes it really easy to create businesses that stand out. And that's my passion. How do you create something new that no one's seen before, or at least presents as something new? And that can get you press and uh, word of mouth referrals in a way that will bring people to you much faster than the hard slog of marketing something that's more generic. And finally, people who are scanners are often quite smart, to put it bluntly. The high level of openness in the ocean model, the big five, correlates also with a pretty good IQ. And Barbara Sher confirmed this herself. She originally coined the term scanners and said that scanners are usually above average intelligence. Also, a um, little tidbit of information of political science, being high on openness tends to Tend, uh, make people more likely to be liberally minded, socially and politically, rather than conservatively minded. So scanners are, I do find uh, quite a lot of scanners are 
uh, quite liberal and also pretty smart, love to read. So all these traits, traits seem to go together. But there are these minuses to the scanner personality that you need to manage. And one is that um, natural tendency not to follow through and complete things. Now, that's okay. You don't have to complete everything you take on in life. Some things are hobbies and you just want to have fun and you want to learn to play piano a bit and you don't want to become somebody who plays professionally or even records anything or even performs for anyone. It's just for your own pleasure. But if you don't do that on anything, as I say, that becomes ultimately frustrating. The other problem, the big minus for scanners in entrepreneurship is shiny object syndrome. So that's the temptation that when you start one idea, you're then tempted by this shiny idea that you haven't started yet. And when things get difficult with your first idea, you're always tempted to drop, uh, jump ship and go where the grass is greener because this other idea looks like it's going to be way more exciting and way easier, which everything looks exciting and easier until you actually get into it. So when you get it right, though, if you can manage your uh, difficulty with follow-through and you can manage your shiny object syndrome, then you can be really successful. And some of the greatest thinkers, greatest performers, greatest entrepreneurs in the world today and in the past, in fact, have been successful scanners. So Leonardo da Vinci is the person we think of as the ultimate Renaissance man. But uh, today we can look at people like Elon Musk, who runs multiple companies, has many, many interests, but he delivers and he follows through on all these things. Richard Branson is somebody who also has lots of ideas. He describes himself as the yes man, because every time somebody makes a suggestion, he just goes, yes, let's do it. But he's done that. He's made it possible by getting good at hiring people and putting other people in charge of the companies that he creates. Another person I really love is the musician Brian Eno. And Brian Eno, is, uh, he was a member of Roxy Music in the 1970s. He was um, part of Talking Heads in the 1980s. And since then, he's now produced albums for Coldplay and U2 and other big bands. So he's a producer. He's a musician. He produces music using a generative process that is created according to an algorithm rather than him performing it. He's created artworks as well. He teaches he was until recently, I think, teaching art at one of the London universities. And he's also a thinker about politics and about social issues as well. He's an absolutely fascinating person. I could also list many other people. Stephen Fry is a scanner. He's into poetry. He's writing books. He's a performer. He's an actor. Uh, Donald Glover in the States, I think, is very impressive. He's created uh, breakthrough music videos. He's recorded music. Uh, he's written his own sitcoms. He's written a film and performed in, in his own film alongside Rihanna. Tina Fey, I think you could class as a scanner. Oprah is a billionaire scanner, has so many different strands to her interests and to her businesses. So being a scanner is certainly not, um, certainly doesn't doom you to, being, to failing as an entrepreneur as long as you can manage those downsides. The key thing really is that you need to be willing to ship. You need to be willing to put things out into the world, see them through and put them out there. And in order for you to stay interested in the business, I recommend that you think of a business that if you're going to run it yourself, I think of, I use the term a TARDIS idea, a TARDIS business idea. It's like Doctor Who's TARDIS. It looks kind of simple on the outside, but on the inside, it's huge 
and it's got infinite complexity and can take you to on endless adventures. And so a TARDIS idea is one that, like my own company, the Ideas Lab, it sounds very simple. We help people turn their ideas into number one businesses, books, and brands. Um, alongside that, there's an enormous amount of variety, which means that as a scanner myself, I'm never going to get bored. So that's a TARDIS idea. What's your TARDIS idea for a business where it's so flexible it sounds simple. You can describe it very quickly to people and people get what it's about, but it's got so much depth and complexity to it that it keeps you endlessly interested. If you're going to create multiple businesses, because people often say, well, can't I run multiple businesses? Uh, and yes, you can, but that's a skill set in itself. Richard Branson does that by hiring other people to run the business for him. If you look at Elon Musk, he's actually CEO of many of his businesses, but Generally, for most of us who are not superhuman, uh, Elon Musk does work about 100 hours a week. If you don't want to do that, then the key is to join venture with somebody and say, well, this person brings something really useful. They could run this business uh, or they have a huge audience that will benefit from this thing I want to create. You co-create it with them and perhaps you bring the content and they bring the audience or vice versa. Uh, perhaps they have access to uh TV, radio, uh, something like that, or a big following on email, and you can bring to them your idea, create it together, and they feel whatever it is that you're trying to sell, and they make sales so that you don't have to concern yourself with that. Now, it doesn't mean that you can sell an idea. If all you've got is an idea, you cannot sell an idea on its own. Sorry to disappoint you. Scanners always ask me this. Can I not just sell my ideas? No, ideas are really worthless. You have to take an idea and at least follow it through to the point where you've got a minimum viable product and improve that people want it. So are people willing to give money even for an early basic version? If they are and you've proved something, that's where the hard work is. And almost always you'll find that your idea has to change in order to get to the point where it becomes successful. If you are going to run multiple businesses yourself, then I strongly recommend that you do them for one particular market. The real challenge is when people start a business that uh, one is offering services to somebody that runs large businesses, and then they're also offering services to some to consumers who have um, who don't have very much money to spend. Those two markets are so different, take them as, as quick examples, but there's really no read across. So the hard work actually in a business often is being visible in the market and getting to the point where people notice you. And to do that in two different markets is quite simply twice as much work. So again, take your thoughts off just that you've got a good idea and remember that you're going to have to do a lot of work to get traction in any particular market. So choose one. When you've got one market, if you work with um, people who are 50 and over, who are looking forward to retirement, but who have been entrepreneurs, then you can sell them financial products. You can sell them life coaching. You can sell them um, dating for the apps for the over 50s. There's all, all sorts of things that particular market needs and if you have abilities in more than one area, you can provide those. But now you're just talking to one particular market, getting into their head 
and thinking of all the things that they could find useful for you. I'm going to go into a lot more detail on this in the free online training. So if you go to theideaslab.org forward slash scanner, S-C-A-N-N-E-R, put in your email address, then you'll be able to get all the details of how you can take part. You can join us live and find out exactly how to create a business that you will never get bored of. Because this is such a hot topic for scanners. They worry that if they start a business and if it becomes really successful, then it will feel like a trap and they'll be bored and they won't know what to do about it. So we're going to cover the three secrets of how to get around that and make sure that you create a business that keeps you endlessly interested and excited and is also financially successful. So go to theideaslab.org forward slash scanner to get that and I hope to see you there.